This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to Warsaw Fan TV. The joy and the pain. Uh, the Joy and the Pain podcast now live on the TalkSport network. Today is something a little bit different. We all heard about what was happening with Hensford and they were going to be dropping out of the league, which was not great. We're going straight to the man who knows, new chairman, Hayden Dando. Hi, Hayden. How are we doing? You all right? Yeah, good, good. Um, Hensford, it's um, a very sort of obviously being local to Warsaw and that sort of stuff, we've sort of got an affinity with you guys as well. Um, I'm amazed that we haven't had more lounge players <laughs> coming to you guys. So maybe that's um, that's something that we could potentially try and foster. Yeah. But um, as, as far as you're concerned, um, yourself and Graham Jones um, stepped down as chairman and vice chairman of Hensford. Um, what were the circumstances that led to that? Um if I'm honest, over the sort of, we've been there three years, and we stopped enjoying it. Um, we stopped making the right decisions. We felt, and at the time, there was um, a certain amount of fan unrest, and that you know, it was there was some fans, not all. Some fans made it very clear they didn't want us there anymore. Um, and it was just a conversation we had. Obviously, at the time, I was in the process of moving to Spain, um, which again changed the dynamic a little bit on that and graham had some other things he wanted to do um in terms of business so we made the decision that um, we were going to walk away but we didn't want the club to just end so we put it up for sale basically um what we did was we we had a clause in our contract where uh regarding the stadium where we could basically pull out a purchase in the stadium because stadium purchases contrary to what a lot of people think it's not like going into the shop and buying something you know that because the, the size of the deals they're structured over five, ten years a lot of the time. Yeah. And early on, we inserted a clause that would basically, if we came out of the deal, we could pull out of Perch in the stadium. Yeah. And um, obviously, we made the decision to do that. Now, at that point, we then made the decision that we didn't want any of the money back and things we'd put into the football club. So we wrote off all of the only debts the club had were to me and Graham. Yeah. Uh, um, so we wrote all that off and we made the club available for sale for a pound. From a football inside, and then obviously Steve Price, uh, the former former chairman who owns the stadium, 
and negotiated the deal for the stadium. Yeah. And it was all ready to go. And we thought, um, it was, I think it was around March, and the deal was done. And we thought, happy days. You know, we can step away. The club continues. Somebody can come in who's got the, the drive and the ambition to push the club forward back where it needs to be. Yeah, I think, as we sort of said just before we came online, um, my conversations with Lee Pomnit, the chairman of Warsaw, running a football club compared to any other business is a complete difference. Now, you have several businesses, don't you, Hayden? Yeah, I do. I, uh, so I run a security company. Uh, we run a hotel, a few nightclubs and bars, things like that. But uh, nothing quite like a football club. <laughs> I was going to, would, would it be fair to say that you probably have more stresses from the football club than anything? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the... With the security company, we can deploy, you know, a few hundred staff to look after high-profile people, uh, people and events and football stadiums. And the stress is still about a tenth of what it is running a football <laughs> club. It is, it is one of those things that on paper looks really sexy, looks really cool. And then you start doing it and going, I spend all my days looking at bills and paperwork. <laughs> That's all I do. I think the, the perception, the, in, in, in fairness, Hensford is quite a small club. I think the perception is being a small club, sort of, it's not a big money thing. It's not, there's not a lot of finance involved. It's sort of very casual and yeah, I think the problem is non-league traditionally, uh, and I'm going back to 20, 30 years when I was when I was a kid. Um, despite the fact I look older, I'll grant you. But <laughs> when I was I young, <laughs> football non-league football wasn't huge money. You know, I'm going back to, again, when Hensford were a conference side. The conference was a part-time league. And we were speaking before, weren't we, about you know, teams like Wrexham and Notts County who were coming up. And they were in the conference last year. And they've got these multi-million pound budgets. Now, what's happened for me is, over time in non-league football, it's sort of filtered down. Um, it started off, you know, big budgets at the conference, everyone going pro. Then you've got teams at step two, and probably half of them are professional now as well. The semi-pro teams at step two, have, not all, but a lot of them have got big budgets. Yeah. Then you go to step three and you're going, where does this end? You know, we're, we're now in step four and there's still teams I know who are knocking around with six, eight grand budgets a week. And you go, yes, it's, you know, I understand everyone wants success, but football clubs do cost a lot more money now than they used to. And it's yeah. not, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to fund. And it's hard to justify sometimes, you know, when you've got, I mean, I've got a wife and two children. It's hard sometimes to justify, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to spend this because I want this player or whatever, you know, or the manager wants this or the club needs to, I don't know, rebuild a, a wall or something. <laughs> you know, it, you just seem to constantly be going, yep, yeah, I'll pay for that. Yeah, I'll pay. And it, it does, it gets, it gets tough. Um, it does I get think tough. With, the, with the other businesses you're running at the same time as well, um, that probably doesn't leave much time for family, does it? I make time. It's something that, it's, again, I've said this in the statement, and I know we're going to come on to it. I've made mistakes in football, but I've also made a lot of mistakes in my life as a man. Yeah. And one of the biggest mistakes I made, probably around the first year of Hensford, um, and sort of my business is growing, and you know, was exactly that. I was spending all of my time working. Yeah. And one of the reasons we relocated as a family to Spain was, I was looking at my, my children, who were five and three, my two boys growing up and I was missing out on so much, you know, because mm -hmm. I was at work all the time and I was doing 18, 20 hour days as a standard at one point. It was, it got crazy. Um, so 
it doesn't leave a lot of time, but we make time. You know, I'm, I'm very strict on my time and certain times of, of the day or certain times of the week, my phone goes on to do not disturb mode because the problems are still going to be there afterwards. You know, yeah. whatever the problem is, it's, it's very rare that I'm going to solve a problem instantly. And with my businesses, I'm lucky I've got some good teams in there, you know, and good managers who they, they know how to get on with things. They know what decision I would make. So they just make right. the decision. Um, football is an all-consuming beast, if you allow it to be. Yeah. I've learned that. And um, it's something I've, I've sort of took on board and tried to change. Yeah, I think it, it's important what you say when with the businesses that you have, um, having that management structure that's in place that sort of makes a lot of those key decisions on a day-to-day -day basis and yeah. your sort of uh, overarching control for uh, the day-to-day -day itself. <laughs> Control's a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think with a, with a football club, I think um, there's less there's less levels. Um, um, yeah, especially at non-league. Yeah, I was going to say, in, uh, I think it's probably Manchester City level, there's, yeah. there's multiple levels of management and that sort of stuff. And, and League yeah. 2 with Warsaw, the, there ain't many levels there at all. And then Do when we come to Hensford, I can't imagine. I think I think it's better like that because it's a lot it's a lot nicer for somebody else to pick up the phone to me and say, hey, what do you think of this? Or, hey, we've got a fundraising idea or, hey, we want to do this. And it's, it's a lot better than I'm having to... One of the worst things I, I frustrates me when I deal with bigger, bigger businesses yeah. is managers who have a meeting to arrange a meeting about having a discussion in a meeting yeah, yeah. and it frustrates the hell out of me and i think that's one of the things i like about non-league is it's it's all very intimate it's probably the best word i've used yeah but it also can be difficult then because you go isn't somebody else supposed to that? oh no that's me and you, know, you look at your list of things that are your responsibility and you go okay um yeah yeah of course i know about that yeah and i'm going i think i've leading clear what they're on about yeah um, you 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 want all you want all of the conversation to be sort of like it's a, like a lads club sort of like a, a a sort of youth group or something like that. But like the stakes, <laughs> the stakes are just way up there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, football's it's a massive passion for me as well. So you know, every decision you make and when you make them wrong, and this is the thing that sometimes I think people don't get is when I make a, a wrong decision you know, be, I don't know, hiring a manager or be firing a manager or the, the million other bad decisions I've made. And then you go and lose on Saturday, which, which last season we did quite a lot of. Um, you sort of, I think people think that I go home or I'm, I'm at home in this case and I sit there and go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. And it's actually the opposite. You know, it's, I spend the entire night miserable. I won't watch match of the day, even though yeah. it's the Premier League. I don't want to talk about football and all that sort of thing. Um, rightly or wrongly, I've become quite obsessive about the game, and like I said, that's why I had to sort of cut off, uh, particularly Sundays. Sundays for me, I cut off completely, and whether we've won or lost, I, I just do stuff for the kids. But yeah, I just think across the board, it's, uh, football needs to be uh, running a football club isn't just about a Saturday afternoon, and that's the difficult bit. Yeah, the supporters are, are, are they're never going to understand, they, they know it, and I mean, I always knew it as a football supporter. I mean, I grew up as a West Brom fan, and um. I was critical of absolutely everything I knew better. And then one day I ended up owning a football club and going, I know absolutely bugger all. But as a football fan, you don't care about the electric bill. No, no. You don't care about, I don't know, grass seeding works that need to happen in the summer. You, you just don't. And, you know, you care about whether or not you're going to sign a new striker. Yeah. 
Yeah. You care about whether your star player is going to stay, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a criticism at all, because no, that's no. the way I am, you know, when I look at West Brom and things like that. But I think it's it's difficult when you then go into the role and you realise how much else there is around it, you know. Yeah. And I, I saw a comment, and it was, it was critical, but it was actually correct. Somebody um, put up uh, once, but we were amateurs playing at football club chairman. Of course I'm an amateur. <laughs> because I've never been on a course that tells you how to run a football club. There isn't, you know, you, you don't go to school and do your GCSEs in football club ownership. So, of course, I'm an it's, it's not the same as running any other business either. No, it's not. But it's not. And I mean, for, for me, this time it's even more difficult because Graham ain't here. And Graham did yeah. a lot of the work. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say yeah. he didn't because I was still very much focused on the football. So right now I'm learning a load of new stuff and I'm asking everybody around me, you know, volunteers or people who've been around the club a long time and I'm going, can you help me? Because I ain't got a clue what I'm doing here. Yeah. You know, I, it's not something I ever particularly wanted or thought I'd be doing on my own. And I'm going to make more mistakes because, yeah. by God, I'm just learning as I go along. <laughs> <clears throat> I think one thing happened, uh, I think it was last season, um, there was a, a Warsaw action group and they were okay. doing a protest, a protest against the chairman and that sort of thing. Mm. And um, I happened to be in the exec lounge on that particular occasion. I don't normally go in there. Very nice. Very I was, nice. I was just invited into there by uh, one of our sponsors, yeah. which was quite nice. But um, after the game, Warsaw won the match. And mm. after the game, the protest was just not there. Yeah. And um, I can remember Lee Pomley had said, if we're winning, nothing else matters. If we're losing, the chairman's rubbish. And it's 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 all it's all down to that. If if you're not winning matches, then the chairman's rubbish. He needs to go. I think um, to, to use Hensford, I think Hensford fans are slightly different at the moment, and I think they will be this season because the club came so close to not existing anymore. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you realise. I think it's it's more where you realise that your football club matters more than one match day and more than one yeah, result yeah. or what even one season. At the same time, I do get what he's saying there because I mean obviously last season we got relegated. And we got relegated with a big budget and it was a combination of reason. And we've got to take our share of that responsibility. Jesus, you know what I mean? We we made mistakes as well. Yeah. And had we won the league or got promoted, everyone would be saying how great we are because we've got us up. And in reality, yeah. The one thing you can't control as a chairman or a part of a board of directors or a committee or anything else, you can't control what happens during that 90 minutes. No, no. You know, it's, it's I'm, just... sure that, I'm sure the refing, refing uh, in your leagues nowhere, not any better than it is in League Two. I've always, referees know me, I'm always so polite about it, but I never criticise them in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Tough job, tough job, sir. <laughs> it's, it's probably the only job in football that's tougher than mine, that's what I'd say. <laughs> um, I think. You say you'd have quite a big budget for the league then, really? So you... Yeah, last week. And um, was that sort of like a financial stretch, trying to sort of uh, get back into National League? I think it was, it, um, it started off, uh, the budget didn't start off massive. It started off okay, it was decent. Probably top, top sort of top eight budgets. Yeah. And then we struggled early on. And so me and Graham, we did the one thing that, you probably should never do, which was we tried to throw money out, money at it to get ourselves out of trouble. Yeah. And instead of it being done right, we ended up with this massive turnover of players. You know, we went through three managers. 
it got to the point where I didn't even know who was playing one week. You know what I mean? There was players who'd pop up and go, who's that? Like, I didn't even know who'd signed. <laughs> and it, it got to that point where it was just unmanageable. And I think yeah. I think we were doomed as a result of that. And I think those decisions started with me and Graham being honest. Um, by, yeah. Not necessarily because we upped the budget, but by what was clearly a panic move at that point. Because we were yeah, going, we didn't yeah. expect to be down here. We had a good pre-season. How the hell is this? And it, it you know, it's football, and it, you, you know, you can look. I've looked at players and gone, well, he's a really good player, but he just doesn't work. And this is, I mean, I'm talking in Premier League and stuff. You know, I mean, I'll go back to. Do you remember one Seb of Veron? Remember one Veron? He was at one Veron. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. I was a big fan of Italian football when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And I remember watching him, and he was he was fantastic at Lazio. He was like, and I was like, man, this guy's amazing. Man United on him, and he was absolutely dreadful. Yeah. And sometimes players just don't work out at clubs. And I think we had a lot of that last season, where players are coming, and you're going, he's a good player, and you can see he's a good player, but he just hasn't worked. And there was there's multiple reasons. I couldn't sit here and say we went down because of X, Y, or Z. We went down because of everything from A to Z, and that includes decisions yeah. that we made right down to, to players. I think we, uh, you mentioned that with players, but you can get that with managers as well. They can, uh, they can do phenomenal job, go somewhere else, and then it's like they're helpless yeah. sort of thing. I mean, he did a great job at Brighton, and then he's gone to Chelsea, and it's all kind of went wrong there, isn't it? So, you know. Yeah. And, David Moyes, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. There's been there's loads of managers who you look at and they've gone into clubs and you think, yeah, he'll do well there. And it just ain't worked. And that's that's a top level, right down, you know, to, to non-league. So I think it's, it's level. Level. And, and you never know. I think I think it's fair to say it was um underwhelming when Warsaw appointed uh, Matt Sadler as the new mm. manager, having been one of the coaches from last season. Mm. But you never really know whether that's going to be a master stroke or you can go and appoint a name and i think from pretty much from league one down you could go and appoint a big name manager and it doesn't mean a damn thing just because he was a big name generally most big name managers are players who were big names um yeah, yeah. you know they're better and sometimes they just don't turn out to be to be good managers other times like we say you'll have a manager who's done a great job at Club X, Y, and Z. It comes to your club. You sit there and you're going, "Yes, we've got the we've got the man," and it just doesn't work. You know, that's that's football, isn't it? And that's the beauty of the game, really. Is it's all guesswork. It's all guesswork, and everything. And any club that tells you different, ultimately, when you when you appoint a manager, you're sitting there and you, you're guessing and you're trying to hope that it will work. It's no different to an appointment you make in any in any environment. If I appoint a new manager in one of my businesses, what they're saying in an interview. You can say anything in an interview. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying people lie. They do lie because I've seen it. But embellish. Yeah, people can come in with, and they've got these intentions that are fantastic. And in the interview, and you've just got to then take a gamble and guess that it's going to work. Yeah, that's the only real option. Yeah, I think the the difference is with uh, with a, a regular, normal business is um, you let people go. But I think generally in in football management, there's a uh, big contracts involved. Sometimes I'm not sure in yeah. non in non league, but I think with the managers you had to let go. Um, would you have to pay them off, or is it just a release? Yeah, again, mistakes we we made over the years, over the three years we were there, we're giving people long contracts, and it usually meant that we ended up paying them off. 
Um, we, I think we sacked two managers and we had one step down and that was, that was during the three years. And both times when we sat and you have to pay them out because they have got a contract. They've signed a contract and you've got to honor it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not cheap. It's not. And you, you know, again, it's one of those costs that you make a decision and you live with it. And do I regret some of those decisions we made? Yeah, of course I do. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to say I don't. The thing but it is, at the time for the right intentions. Never once do you make a decision thinking, "I hope this goes wrong." Oh, clearly, yeah. Um, I mean, would it be possible um, to employ a manager on a regular contract? So, um, what's you, a normal employment contract? Yeah, just a normal employment contract. Um, legally speaking, yes. In reality, no manager's going to sign that because it gives them no security, you know what I mean? And yeah. managers at non-league, and what I will say for managers at non-league, a lot of clubs don't pay them during the summer. Now, we do. It's something yeah. I'm quite principled on. And the reason for that is players' season finishes in May, okay? Player then sits on his bum for two months. I know he's his day job and that, but he doesn't play football. He doesn't yeah. need to train. Well, some players do, and I'm not saying all players are lazy or anything like that, but they've got no responsibilities. Manager season finishes in May. By the second week of May, he's already looking at when's he coming back for pre-season, what's his pre-season schedule. And so they're always working. That's right, yeah. And the number of hours that I think a non-league manager does, compared to what he's technically employed to do, is totally different. So I think you'd always find that they'd say, well, I'm not going to sign a regular employment contract. That's going to be for 10 hours a week. When in reality, I do probably 30, you know. And yeah. No, but, but even, even if it was like... Uh... Like a, a proper salaried position, mm. um, on a decent, perhaps more on more money than he would get if he had a regular contract. <laughs> but, uh, on the on yeah. the basis of uh, as long as you don't mess up, you're going to be here for three years. But if you do mess up, you get one month's notice. That's it. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's all negotiable. You know what I mean? It, it depends who the manager is. It depends what his attitude towards it is. Some managers in non, most managers, to be fair, in non league, do it for passion. They don't do it for money. Yeah. Because there's no money in it, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. a few hundred quid a week compared to the amount of time and effort they put in. It's totally different. Yeah. So most managers in non-league don't do it for the money. So I don't think they they look at that. I just think they want the security of knowing that it it stops you it stops you being well. Theoretically, it just stops you being trigger happy. Yeah. Because you you've got to pay out ultimately. Um, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a budgeted cost. You don't sit there at the start of the season when you're writing all your budgets up and you go, right, here's our food budget, here's the alcohol budget, here's the seats, you know, the, the works budget. Oh, and here's the manager sacking budget. You know what I mean? It, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, probably, we, the number of managers we went through last season, we probably should have done. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you? I think the connection with fans is always a very difficult one. I think. Um, as you say, for a regular business, your regular customers don't sort of message you and say you're not running your business very well. <laughs> and, uh, I know, some of my customers probably would not. Yeah, I know you, you, can, you can't imagine ringing up Nike and speaking to the CEO of Nike and saying, uh, do you know, these last lot of shoes you've done were rubbish. What do you say? <laughs> you've gone downhill. Yeah, like, no, uh, maybe the whole world should be more like that. And then... Um, I, I played a game online, which is uh, quite comical, really. Uh, football chairman. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I did really well, so obviously it's very easy. There you go, sir. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should come, and, come and do it. 
That, that um, I, do, I play football manager all the time. And I think I'm absolutely amazing. You know what I mean? I've managed Warsaw on there, once got them up to the championship. I ended up at Real Madrid. And I don't know any of the players by this point. It's all fake. And I'm going to see. It's not an hard job to do. All you have to do is press a couple of buttons. <laughs> it's, you know, that's the, the beauty of football now, though, isn't it? It's all consumer. You know, any, pretty much any job you want to do, there's a computer game for it. Yeah. The, the thing is, I think, obviously, the money is a very big part of it. But a large part of football is morale mm. and managing people. Particularly for football yeah. managers, it's it's managing egos, managing yeah. relationships with people, and uh, it's it's a tough old world. And it, we we saw it with Warsaw last year. We went thirteen games without a win, then we went yeah. on a great winning run, and then twenty games without a win. And it's it's the same players. It's just morale. It's just morale. See, with, with us last season, I mean, point blank, last season, and, I, and I'll say probably the season before. The season before, we went through a lot of players, but it was the, when we first came back from COVID. Yeah. Obviously, non-league hadn't played really for a year. Um, so that first season, you ended up having to get through huge numbers of players because the amount of injuries people were picking up was crazy. Yeah. Last season, we went through too many players full stop. Just be, and part of that was because we changed managers a couple of times and things like that. So you go, in non-league, there's a bit more of a turnover in that sense. So I think for us, it was more... The morale side of it was big because of the fact... Nothing was settled. You know, we didn't have a settled squad. And it's one of the things that me and Danny spoke about when I agreed to come back and to sort this stuff out and sort of keep the club going. Yeah. One of the things me and Danny spoke about was getting a, a core squad, lads, uh, with each of the week in, week out and building that. Because the teams that win the leagues, especially at lower level, don't wrong, there's always money involved with the top sides. They ain't signed their own. And some of them pay well and they get the right players as a result. But they still nobody goes up using 50, 50 players in a season. No, no, no. You know, and I think for Walsall it's slightly different because obviously it's a full time club, so the players are there and they're settled because of transfer windows and all that. We don't have that. No. Like we can sign players up till mid March anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, um, and we did most weeks. <laughs> but I think for Walsall last season. I mean, obviously I watched little bits of it because my security company um, looks after Walsall. Yeah, I, um, I watched I watched little bits in certain games. I think the side is a good side. You've got some very good young players as well. That's yeah. the, the one thing I'll say for Wolves is you've got some young lads. And I'm looking at them going, yeah, he's got a chance. Here. Yeah, um, it, it's been difficult for Wolves. I think the um, the progression through the youth team has not mm. been good in the last couple of years as it could have been. No, and you think back over the years, some of the players Wolves have produced. You know, I would go back to when I was a kid, Kyle Lightbourne and players like that. Who, you know, yeah. he was there. I can't remember if Walsh was producing, but I know he was there for years. Matty Fryer, players like that. Um, yeah. It was the keeper, Jimmy Walker, the keeper. Jimmy Walker, you know, yeah. You brought through and you, you had players for a long time at Warsaw. And I think, again, if Warsaw can get back to that, where you've got players who are with you for a long time, who buy into what the club's about and buy into, yeah. um, you know, trying to. Trying to get Warsaw back to sort of the championship and league one, which is where the club should be, so sort of that sort of level, yeah. I think. Um, you've got a chance because you have got some good players. Yeah, I think as you say, it's that progression. You need to I think Warsaw last year had a lot of injuries, yeah. which um, sort of derailed us really. Um Connor Wilkinson was sort of the top earner uh, yeah. by a country mile, and he had ACL end of the previous season. So he was pretty much out for the season and a lot of your budget. And, um, and that's the bit that I don't think any of us look at as football fans. 
you know, um, yeah. I, I did it to, to use the Albion as the example. I remember when we signed Daryl BK and I was excited and then he got injured. And your immediate reaction is, well, surely we've got to buy somebody to replace him. <laughs> yeah, we've got so <laughs> reaction as a fan. But then it's only when you, you're running a club, you're thinking, yeah, but his wages have still got to be paid. So all of a sudden, that's an unbudgeted cost that might not be able to be met. And similar with that, with Conor Wilkinson getting his injury and an ACL, you know, it's, it's not a nice injury. You've still got to pay his wages. And obviously, it's budgets, you know, especially the lower down the pyramid you go, the more tight those budgets you're going to get. Yeah. Look, I had uh, I had a ACL myself and uh, oh, that right. sort of finished me, finished me playing. But we also had uh, Josh Labbadie as well. He was like a, a second senior yeah. player. Both had, a, both had ACL at a similar time. Yeah. Pretty much it, it's crazy when you look at clubs that... When that, so, I mean, Everton last season, when Everton sort of went on their massive dip and it looked like they were going down, and you got Calvert Lewin was out. I, I think they had, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but they had about five players who were all first team or close to first team regulars yeah. out for like six months. You know, you can't legislate for that with the yeah. best will in the world. You can't pre pre plan for that. It's and the thing is, if if you horrible. If, if you replace it with too much, you end up going bump. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and that's, that's, that's the, the ultimate struggle. Do you know what? And that's, that's the thing. I mean, I've been straight with everybody when I've come back in. I've said, I have not got the money that I had when Graham was with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we haven't got that kind of money to spend. So our budget ain't going to be massive. It's going to be, don't know, we're not going to be paupers. We're not, you know what I mean? We're not going to be running on a 50 quid budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? No expenses only type budgets, as I call them. Yeah. But we're not going to be paying big, big money. We're not going to be signing big name players, you know what I mean? Or ex-Football League stars and all this stuff. We yeah, just want yeah. to build a good team and a team that, that the fans can be proud of. That you know, Even if they go and lose, that they're going to give you 100%. And we're just going to try and build something. So that the next... It's not about what I can do with the club. It's about the next person who comes after me. And it's about creating the right environment and the right setup for it to be attractive to somebody to go i'm gonna go and buy Ensford, who's got the funds and got the ambition to try and push the club up it's, it's a difficult game now you know what i mean but you need that level of money i think uh developing youth players and having players coming through but that, that's got the expense behind it as well hasn't it that's sort of it has. i mean again we didn't have an academy last season um Obviously, Keenan was the academy manager as well as um, our first team manager at the start of last season. So when yeah. he left his job, he left both roles. And we have to try and turn it around in a couple of weeks. And it's just not possible to, to set up an academy that quickly. So the academy finished last season. Um, so we had no, apart from, we got our youth set up, but we had no actual academy. Um, I understand there was something that the guy who was about to buy the club uh, from us in March, he set something up. I wasn't really involved. He'd had some trials days and things like that. Um, but obviously, because he wasn't involved and he decided to pull out the deal, it's a bit, it's all up in the air. Um, Terry McMahon, who's the club secretary and basically just runs around doing absolutely everything yeah. for the football club, is currently trying to see if we can pull off an academy in time for this season. Now, with the academic year and stuff, whether we can is a big question. Because I don't just want to do it for the sake of having an academy. I want to do it because we can progress people through, not just in football, but in their lives and give them the, you know, enriching experiences and try and make them better people. I think I think there's a there's a financial incentive to that as well, isn't there? 
There is to an extent. Um, it's a bit less than non-league, if I'm honest, because yeah. it's difficult to say that a lad's going to make it. You always get the odd one. I mean, Hens should have been no choice. They brought through some, some really good players. Ashley Williams started at Hensrick, Colin Bramall. We had um, Tyler Allen, who you guys had last season. He was on loan um, yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago. Great lad. Absolutely great lad and a good player. Um, so we have brought through players. I'm not saying that they haven't. Is it a financial benefit for a non-league club? Yes, but only in the very rare Jamie Vardy circumstance, you know? Yeah, yeah. Generally, if, if you're dealing with a good football league club who have got morals and um, deal with things the right way, you might make 10, 20 grand, they'll chuck you, even if they don't need to. Yeah, they yeah. might, yeah, it's the right thing to do. There are some clubs, and I'm not going to name who, but there are some clubs who are morally bankrupt and would literally go... No, no, wait till the, your contract to Henson finishes, then come and sign for us so we ain't going to pay nothing for you. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. That does happen. Do that, I think, yeah. Yeah, it does happen. And it probably happened more after COVID because everybody was worried about finance. Yeah, yeah. And does. football clubs started to tighten their belts a bit, which helped. But um, I don't think it's something that I see long-term happening. Football will always be a game where people will gamble. Football is a gambler's game as, a, as an owner, as a chairman. Yeah. People will always go, okay, we're third in the league, it's January. Let's chuck some money at it. Let's try and go up. When you hadn't expected to be, you know, you expected to be 10th or something. That's the gamble with football. Yeah. Now, sometimes it comes off and a club becomes fantastic and builds from there. Other times, as we've all seen over the years, it doesn't work. And those yeah. clubs tend to end, have problems for years to come. It's, it's the old gambling or investing thing, isn't it? Sort of averaging down and yeah. uh, hoping it's all going to come good again. It always makes me laugh when people say that, um, have you loaned the money to the football club? No, a loan would indicate that I believe there's a one in a million chance of you ever getting it back. <laughs> um, do you invest money in a football club? If I invest money, I, I like to think I'm going to get a return. You ain't doing that in a non-league football club. So I think it's, it's more the fact of, Donating is probably the better way I'd use. Yeah. You, you give your money to a club, you can't expect to try and make profits out of non-league, even lower league clubs. It just doesn't happen, you know. Well, that's that's a question actually for um, the Trivella Group that bought Warsaw. Um, yeah. I've they've got lots of investors that have put money in that enable them to buy Warsaw. Mm. Um, surely they're going to be looking for some return on that money. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Possibly. I mean, 
They can't all be donations. Like Americans, no, no, Americans donated money to uh, a team in the West Midlands. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's difficult because I think with investment groups, it is slightly difficult. It's, it depends what the terms of the investment are. It depends on the returns that have been promised. If returns have been promised, there's a, there's a million things that go on with investment groups. I mean, I look at Wolves with Fosun. Yeah. Now, I'm, because I'm a West Brom fan, when Wolves were brought by Fosun, I was, ah, oh, they're an investment group. That they'll just rinse you in a couple of years. And they've done the exact opposite. They've built the yeah. infrastructure at Wolves. They've spent money on players. And they've built a Premier League, as much as it hurts me to say, a Premier League football club. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they've been they've been to Europe. You know, I'm a West Brom fan. The, the closest we had to Europe, we went on a tour over the Isle of Man once. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's in my lifetime. I know we, we went many years ago. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is that some investment groups are fantastic for clubs because they invest in the club for the long term and then they get their money out at the back end yeah. when they sell the club on to somebody. So for Warsaw, and again, I'm speculating here completely, I think if they could get up to the championship, for example, obviously the club becomes more valuable and that may be where the returns are for the investors. I don't know. I, I genuinely I, I don't. Think, I, I don't know myself, but I think that they're talking about the long term and uh, the infrastructure of the club and everything. So I think they are looking that way. And uh, I say if Warsaw did gain to the championship and somebody came in to buy them, that would be the big return at that that's point. And again, that's why... That's not, that's not just with them. That's with anybody in football. That's the gamble. Yeah. Most football club owners or chairman, whatever you want to call it, um, I've found can do two divisions above where they are. Two promotions. Okay. Yeah. You have the odd rarity, um, like Johnny Allen at Russell, just down the road from yourselves, who yeah. stays with his club for God knows how many years. John's been there and builds the club up. And he's, I mean, Johnny's the prime example of how you should run a non-league club. No two ways about it. But... Generally, I think most owners or chairman can fund two promotions and after that, they start to struggle because after that, and again, you know, I'm talking as a general term, Ryan yeah. Reynolds can probably afford a little bit more. But <laughs> they can money, probably, in most terms, changes, yeah. yeah, two promotions and then they need to hand it over to somebody else who can take that next step. Um, so that's my gut, my gut say is that most clubs, that's, that's the aim if they've got investors is to try and get a couple of promotions and then you get your returns at the back end. Yeah, I think that's probably what the long-term view is, I think. Um, just coming back to yourself, um, I think we uh, we appreciate sort of mistakes have been made. Um, and I'm no different to anybody. Uh, we all make mistakes. Um, what do you think is perhaps your, your biggest regret as far as mistakes are concerned? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I'll just say, I love the podcast. Now, um, do you know what? One of my first ones was, was too argumentative with everybody. And I can be argumentative as a person. I'm not going to say I'm not. I, I can. Um, and I tried to look at Hensford the way I'd look at any of my other businesses where you, yeah. you, you have to make decisions. And Sometimes they're hard decisions, and you have to not rule with an iron fist, as it works. None of my businesses are run like that, yeah. but you have to go. I appreciate what you're all saying, but you're wrong, and I'm right. Yeah, I'm, when, making the, I'm making the decision. Yeah, you fall on your sword in that sense. If it's your business, in the sense of yeah, yeah. you know the hotel. If I decide we're putting prices up by thirty percent, and we don't sell rooms, the only person it hits is me because yeah. it's my back pocket, and that's it. With a football club. It's totally different because you hurt a lot of people um, without meaning to. 
and I was quite div um, divisive. Is that the word? I, I, I was I divided a lot of people's opinion early on because I was new to it and typical male ego didn't want to admit that I didn't really know what I was doing. And you I know? think I think in fairness, Hayden, I think because you have been successful with your different businesses, yeah. you. You, you, in your mind, you're like, I know how to yes. do this. I've done this before. Yeah. And but a footballer say it's very different, isn't it? Yeah. Football's just a different, it's a different beast. And I think my biggest thing was I argued with people all the time and I'd argue with fans. And ultimately, whether they're right or wrong, one thing every fan in the world is entitled to is an opinion about his football club. Or yeah. football club. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably my biggest thing is just arguing with people about stuff that. I'm not saying it didn't matter. Of course it mattered, but was their opinion and they're entitled yeah. to it. Um, I've had some criticism just this week. Um, since we, you know, there's a couple of fans who have basically said, oh, well, you've brought it back, but you're, you're the one who put us in this mess and stuff. Yes and no. You know what I mean? I made a decision I was walking away, but that was for my own reasons. And I was hoping somebody else was going to be coming in. That's what we thought. Yeah. So, but I, I, I decided to... I said it in my statement, you know, I need everybody who's a Hensford fan or is around to get behind us, not forget yeah. whether they're like me. It's nothing to do with backing me or a board of directors or anything yeah. like that. It's about backing your football club. There's not, there's not this big queue of investors who want to put, throw money into non-league football clubs. And so it's not a case of we don't like him so he can go. Because there's not a huge amount. At the same time, there's not a huge number of fans. No. You've not got 20,000 fans. So by upsetting 10 or 12, which I've done and I regret deeply, they don't come again. And that's 10 or 12 people who are not putting money back into the club yeah. and miss out on their football club. You know, so my biggest regret is that because I don't like falling out with people. You know, I, I like to say I'm quite a nice bloke and in my own way. My wife would totally disagree with that. But um, <laughs> it's, it's a regret that I've got and it's a finding of myself as a man that I'm not great at taking criticism. And it's something that I've it's, had to I learn think, and I'm going to have to learn even more. I think nobody likes taking criticism. I think it's... it's. Um, I think maybe uh, me being a bit older, I think I've perhaps got used to it. I've had it a lot of time, <laughs> I think. But yeah, it, I, it's, I, don't care. I mean, I, I, when I took the club on, I was I was vice chairman. I was only 34. Yeah. Um, I'm 37. I look a lot older. But I was, I was, I was 34 years old. Um, I'd only been in business probably five years. Yeah. Um, and I'd had a lot of success, which makes you, and I'm not going to swear, but an absolute cocky person. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I was. And over the last three years, I've had a, a lot going on in my life. Um, we brought down to earth a bit with it sort of thing. You grow up a bit. And as my kids are getting older, I'm going, I don't want them to be like that. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that go on personal life. There's some stuff that's going on in my personal life the last few years. And it just makes you grow up. It makes you realise that, why do you want to fall out with everybody? And I actually believe for the first six months, I was almost on a mission to fall out with as many people as I could. And I don't know why. It was almost like I was trying to prove something to the world that, you know what I mean, this is the way I'm going to run things at Ainsford. Rather than embracing it, a bit more embracing tradition, embracing people's opinions. I think... I understand what you're saying with that. I think, I think it's a confidence thing. Um, regardless of the level of success, it's 
down to the personal level of confidence. The more the more confident you are in your own ability, the more comfortable you are to take criticism. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, and think, I, I think that was part I of it. Was I was still, I, I had a lot of success and I thought it was great and I wasn't ready. People people get criticised me for all kinds of things all the time. And um, I take it all in and uh, absorb it. And like, hang on, is that is that serious? Yeah. Do I need to do something different? What am I not doing quite right? And it's all about trying to improve yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think as a, as a younger guy, it's difficult to look at it with that depth, perhaps. Yeah. I think I think as we. As we look at this, one of the biggest things is society. I mean, I, I grew up in, in Tipton and I grew up in very much of a man's world when I was a kid. You know, it was always about being a man, man up. It was always phrases like that. Yeah, yeah. And there was a certain behaviour that you were expected. Alpha male was expected yeah, yeah. to be. No, I think what an alpha male is, is actually not what we thought it was. So when I was yeah. growing up, an alpha male was the toughest. The, the baddest, the one who didn't take no crap off nobody and all that stuff. In reality, being an alpha man is being a good, a good person and doing the right things and actually being able to embrace other people's opinions, failings and positives as well. Yeah. And that's the way I'm trying to live my life a bit more now. And as a result, I, I try and listen to what other people have got to say and try and accept that, you know, criticism is rarely personal. You know, yeah. I look back at the criticism I've took off Hensford fans. Very rarely was it something about me as a person, apart from the, the ones where I kicked the bins over in temper after we conceded the goal, which actually did happen. And I still get sick for that now. But generally, it isn't personal. It's because people want the best for their football club. No different to you, you with Warsaw, me with West Brom, Hensford fans with Hensford, and every other football club in the land and in the world. That's what makes the game great. Yeah. If nobody... If nobody gave a toss about football and didn't watch it and didn't care what the result was, what would be the point of doing it? Yeah. You know? So there would be no point because it's not about money. It's not about profit. It's not a business in that in the sense of where you can no. go, well, I might make 100 grand this year. You know what I mean? You, you start off the year going, let's hope we can get somewhere near zero. That'd be great. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's where you go... People care about their clubs, and I think sometimes as, as a chairman or as an owner or a player or a manager, you can take it too personal. Now, I'm not saying there isn't some stuff that gets personal, there is, and we all know, you know, we've yeah. seen the rights and stuff that goes on, all that kind of stuff, that's horrific, that's personal, that's disgusting. Yeah. But I'm just talking about people who, that I've had, where they're critical of the job I'm doing because they've lost games, you know, we've got relegated, so what, what ultimately I sat back and went, well, what do you think people are going to do? Say, well done, you got us relegated. That's a cracking job you've done there. Yeah. As I was saying earlier, sort of, if, if you're winning games, everything's great and you're a hero. And uh, if you're not, then uh, you're the idiot. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. I think, um, yeah, it is It is a tough old, it's a tough old world, really. And football, sort of, because of the passion and the, the community involved, yeah. um, it does get very emotional. And people... People do react to things differently, don't they? Like some yeah. people go into themselves a little bit when they've had a bad run of form, and, and other people will sort of want to scream out and shout. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much in the second camp. That's my problem. I, I, get <laughs> I was a goalkeeper when I played football, right? And um, 
gentleman we were speaking about, Andy, who uh, introduced us, he, he'll tell you this. And I was horrific for every goal that I ever conceded, and I conceded a fair few, but every goal I ever conceded was always my centre-half's fault, my full-back's fault, or the midfield's fault, or the strike's yeah. fault. It was never me. I came out for a... Um, never forget, I played a cup final at Jaystown. I came out for a cross. I dropped the ball right at the striker's feet. He tapped it in. I blamed the full-back for not getting rid of it at the near post. <laughs> and I screamed and shouted at him. And it, that was the way I was when I played football. I'm, I'm a very passionate person about football. and Yeah. Maybe I'm... I don't know. Maybe I'm just growing up, but... Yeah, so as you get a bit older in the last the last year or so, we've we've conceded a fair few goals at Ensford. So you kind of have to accept that you are going to win games, you are going to lose games, you are going to concede goals, and not every one of them needs to be greeted by throwing your your toys out the pram and getting upset about it. Which or, was my habit. Bins, yeah, yeah, kicking bins. <laughs> um, even more so now because there's only me to pay for them. Like before, there was me and Graham. Now if I break them, I've got to pay for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you do, and I just think you, you learn a bit more over time. And with what Hensford's just been through, I think it's nice that Hensford just exists right now, first and yeah. foremost. And, you know, being able to, I, I think our season's August the 12th, I think we start. Yeah. Um, something like that. And being able to kick, kick the ball off on the first day of the season. That's success. That's success right now for us yeah. because we're still there. And I think the first day of the season is always magical. Um Every club in the country, you sit there in the pub before and or having your pie and walk up to the ground and going, we'll win the league this year. Every single club has a say, we'll do it this year. We'll do it this year. Apart from me, because I'm a West Brom fan, we, we always go, we'll, we'll, we'll try not to get rid of the game. Well, but, no. So the, so the 24, 24 teams in the league, you interview all of the clubs and they'll all yeah. think they're going to finish top half. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, yeah, nobody ever, right? I've never heard anybody come out pre-season and say, um, especially as a... a an officer of a football club or a manager and they say, so how do you think you're going to get on this year? Crap, mate, we're going to get relegated. It never happens, does it? You know what I mean? You stay off, I'll be happy. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah, everybody, yeah. As long as we finish somewhere there or thereabouts is the phrase that people always quote. We'll be there or thereabouts. What the hell yeah. does that mean? Um, I think for us this year at Hensford, I think just kicking off the season is the first success. And, you know, don't get me wrong, season's a long season. Um, Will I still be there at the end of the season? I don't know. You know, it depends what happens and yeah. if somebody comes in. I'm there as long as they need me. Yeah. And if I am still there come next May, and you know, we'll see where we are. You know, it's we've got a, a manager who's we were talking about managing money earlier. Danny Glover is I've never worked with somebody as loyal as him to a football club. Like I really haven't. It's it's incredible. He was obviously he's been knowing that this has been going on in bits, but even he was kept pretty much in the dark until the day where we went, the deal collapsed, and we went, "Oh crap, we've got to resign the league because there's certain dates you have to do things by." Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we had six hours, so we had to we had to put the resignation in because otherwise we'd have breached the time limit and we'd have been out anyway. Yeah, and then I um I saw the outpouring of grief. And the best way I can describe it was like watching watching people mourn for a family member. Yeah. I well, it, is, for it. it was horrible. Football, um, cause look, very rarely do people change their football team. Yeah. So uh, once you've got once you're a, a fan of a particular yeah. team, that's that's set. That's yeah. set. And it, yeah. and it does that's... upset you when things aren't going well. It was it was horrible and I sat there. The, the night the statement got out that Hensers were dropping out of the league. And 
we didn't put that statement out, um, but obviously we knew it had to go out. So no, I'm not criticising the people who did it. Um, and I watched this grief, and I went, I can't do this. I just sat there and went, I can't just sit here and watch a football club die. Yeah. And we had uh, just seven days, basically, to get a deal completed, some kind of lease agreed to the Gustav Keats Park, yeah. and lots of paperwork and all the other bits that we had to try, just to try and stay playing football. And this is not me blowing my own trumpet, by the way. Physically, I was the only person who could have got the deal done because I was the only person who knew enough about the limited company and wouldn't need to do due diligence on it. Yeah. Whereas anybody else buying any business is going to want to do due diligence. Nobody's going to buy a business blind. Yeah. So, you know, we made the decision. I, I spoke to my wife and I went, I, it was hurting me, you know, 143 hour football club and I feel like I need to do something. I, I'd made the decision to walk away and I promised my wife I was walking away from it all. And then I just, I can't let it die. And she agreed with me and we said, look, you know, it, we'll just do it. And, I spoke to Graham and me, Graham, Steve Price and Terry um, worked for basically a week solid to get that um, the FA to approve us to stay at step four. And when we got that last Friday, that was nice. It was a, it was a nice moment. I spent all day pressing refresh on my emails. Um, I've got an office out here, a place called Alphaz Del Pay. And it's like a shared, shared building. There's about 10 companies in there. And eight of the other companies were also sat around. There was a Swedish company. And they're oh, all sitting around with me yeah. pressing refresh to find out what's happened. Like, you know what I mean? So it was nice and it was emotional. And it was just nice that for Hensford fans that the club still existed. Because I know how much it means to people there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's their football club, like you said. You don't change your football club. No. I think on, on a on a personal level, uh, it must be very difficult to your missus. So you're obviously a very busy guy. And um, the thought of you walk, the thought of you walking away from uh, Hensford and having more time, I can imagine the uh, the feeling that she would have that she's going to have another little small part yeah. of uh, your time. Um, I, don't know, I think she was happy when I said I was going back because it meant I was out the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, for some, um, some marriages, maybe that would be the case. But yeah. no, I'm lucky. My wife's really supportive of everything I do. I mean, um, I've got businesses in very different areas and different times of the day. So, uh, for example, I've got nightclubs that don't open until 10 o'clock at night. You know, um, some of them are out here, which makes it even crazier because then I'm dealing with business in the UK all day and I'm dealing with the football club. So it can be non-stop and it, it can be tough. And I'm lucky. My wife's incredibly supportive of what we do. Yeah, that's fair play to her. She's not a football fan. She'd buy her own admissions. She doesn't mind it. Um, but she's not, a, you know, some massive football fan. But what she, what she is is supportive, and she understands heritage, and you know how important the football club is to a lot of people. So yeah. she was she was fully behind it. Uh, that's, so nice. that's nice. That's nice. Uh, I think with the with your other businesses, say the nightclubs and that, you're probably not involved in the day to day on that so much. I would have thought. No, no. I'm just. I usually just turn up and drink all the stock. That's about it, really. Um, <laughs> no. That's yeah, fair. That's some, fair. some I'm more involved with than others. You know, um, some of my venues with the, with the nightclubs I very rarely go to. I've been the hotel. I've been to that probably five times since I own it. Yeah. Um, I've not. It's just not been needed to. Um, other other venues I've had. I'm there every few days. At the moment, I've got a lot of building work going on at one of my venues out here. Um. So I'm there quite a bit as well. 
Yeah. But it depends. It can fluctuate, if I'm honest with you, because it'll depend on which business, at which time of year, what your staffing levels are like, who's who's working there. You know, at the moment, the security company is really busy. Yeah. The middle of the year, there's a lot of festivals, events, and things like that. So there's a lot of focus on that for me at the moment, and that's where you have to trust the other people around you to get on with their jobs. Um, at Hensford, that's mainly volunteers, and yeah. they do, and they're fantastic, and they just get on with it. Like you, you can't believe how much a non-league football club relies on people who just give up their time for nothing. But yeah. at Hensford, I, I can't. For, the volunteers just do this amazing job, and things just happen. Like I don't even know about you know. They'll just get it done, and oh, so this broke, but we fixed it, and it didn't cost anything. And I'm going, Jesus, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, without them, it won't work. And, and that's not just is, that's any non-league club. Any non-league club can't work without its volunteers. Yeah, I think the that sort of as a testament to the uh, the community that it's part of. People are doing it because yeah. they're part of that community. Yeah. And what we want to do now. And now, I've, while, I'm, while I'm involved with the club and trying to build the club up for somebody else to come in and take over, is to make it more accessible to the community, wider community, and bring people yeah. in who maybe haven't been at the football club for years and make it their club again. Because ultimately, yeah. and, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not one to do the whole cliche thing that I've heard loads of football club people go, oh, yeah, we're just the custodian. I've said it myself, we're just custodians. It's a, that's a, a phrase. Right. But ultimately, a football club, the value in a football club is only the people who are there. Yeah. Stadiums are bricks and mortar. Now, I get that. And I get it's difficult with Hensford because the stadium's great and all that. And I'm not saying anything, but every football club, you know, Warsaw moved from Fellers Park, but they're still Warsaw just because they weren't at Fellers yeah, Park. Yeah. Yeah. And why, why were they Warsaw? What makes Warsaw Football Club is Warsaw fans. Yeah. Hensford. Yeah. What makes Hensford is Hensford fans. Without Hensford fans, it's me sitting there congratulating myself on a job well done while nobody watches it. You know what I mean? It's, I remember when um, we, we couldn't have fans in. Um, and obviously, we played a couple of friendlies. And I kid you not, like, I'm, when I watch football, I'm, I'm quite intense. I don't, I don't listen to my phone. I, I'm, I'm staring at the game. And a couple of the times during the friendlies, I found myself watching stuff on my phone. Not because the football was bad, because it's just not the same without supporters. Is the, without, energy, you know. the energy is the energy of the fans, isn't it? Yeah, so I think that's what I want to do now is try and get the community involved in their football club yeah. and make Hensford more about a community football club than it has been you know, under the first three years of while I've been here. You know, and again, because back to what I said, part of that's my fault and I've got to put it right. Yeah, I think I think the more you sort of foster that kind of uh, community spirit, I think then uh, things will look up then, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's for you. Well, that's for you or the new custodian and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The next custodian, we'll call it. No, um, I, yeah, that's the plan anyway. It's, you know, I... It's not that I don't want to be at Hensford long term, but financially, I can't commit that level of money that Hensford need yeah. to push it's it where it deserves to be. It's a constant drain, isn't it? Yeah. Or, you know, we could we could take over, but the fans don't want that. They want, they want ambition, rightly so. Yeah. I'm not the person to deliver that financially, and I've been very clear about that. It was slightly different when there was me and Graham. That's two lots of money going in. Yeah. Um, and Graham's richer than me. But, um, yeah, it, it is. There's two lots of money going <laughs> in. It makes, it, it <laughs> yeah. makes it a lot different. Yeah, that's it. Um, 
so I, I, I just want to get it ready more than anything else for the next person. I'd love to say, I don't know, I'll be there in 10 years and I'll be doing this and I'll be doing that, but I know I won't be. So it's important for me to build something. It, it's a weird position to be in, be a new chairman, knowing that you might be gone in three months because if we can yeah. find the right owner, I've, I've, I've said from the start, we find the right person who I am com who can A, buy the ground off Steve, B, I know he's got the money and the expertise to invest and make the team better. I'll walk away before a ball's even kicked if I have to. Yeah, yeah. Did, with, uh, with, Steve, with Steve, does he sort of charge a rent? Um, he's done it, He's done us a deal that's um, amazing. He's basically uh, rent-free this year. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. To get us going. He didn't need to do that. And Steve's had a lot of criticism of people. And I put this right in the press a bit recently. Steve doesn't really talk much to people. He's not a, He's not like me. I mean, I've got a big job. Um, me but too. Steve, <laughs> yeah. But Steve's been absolutely hammered by certain sections of support who say he wants to build houses on the ground. If he wanted to, he could have done that last Friday. When I rung him up and went, Steve, I'm going to try and save the club. Can you do me a deal here? Just let me play rent-free for this season. And then next season, we'll start paying you rent. You know what I mean? If I'm still there or whatever. Yeah. And we got a deal done. So you have to give us security tenure. It's not just for a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't just go, oh, we'll have a year's tenancy. It doesn't work like the FA won't accept it. So we had to draw up an agreement and stuff. He didn't need to do any of that. If he was going to flatten it for hours, he could have turned around and gone, no, yeah. I can't do it. And because I was bound by the terms of a non-disclosure agreement, I couldn't have then come out and said anything. No. So Steve ultimately wanted nothing but the football club to exist. And you're going, that's a bloke who's getting hammered by people who are saying he wants to build houses. Well, if he was going to do it, he'd have done it. Yeah. Last week was his opportunity. And instead of taking that opportunity, he worked non-stop with me while he was on holiday in, I think he was in Mallorca, while he was on holiday. And he worked non-stop to make sure this football club had a future. Yeah, I, I, think, think, I think that's very admirable. I think um, the the passion is not just the supporters, but the people in the upper echelons of the club care as much as the supporters do. I think, yeah. and that's that's what's got to come across, really. I fell in love with the place. I really have. I mean, I hadn't played when I was a player. I was like a step five, step six. I weren't particularly good. You know what I mean? I was. I was even at that level. I was the reserve goalkeeper. You know what I mean? I was. I was. I was there. I took me fifty quid. No, I don't. Um, I never played at Ensworth, so I never really visited until we became involved in. We were going to buy the club. Yeah. And during that time was where I went. I don't know, something happened and I just fell in love with the place and it, it become yeah. a club that I support. And then, watch it. I was about to see it dark. Just, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. It was too much to, to walk away from 143 years of history and people who have been there long before before me and also just the supporters and seeing how much it hurt them. The thing is, you, you don't want to be the guy that's uh, bolting the door, do you? No, no. After 143 a... years. Yeah. Um, just before we, we close... Um, Hensford have never really had much of an association with Warsaw as far as loan players and that sort of stuff. Is there a particular reason for that? Not really, no. Um, managers tend to know managers. And what's happened over the last few years, a lot of clubs, I don't know if Warsaw have got one, forgive me for this, because it's really ignorant of me. Um, a lot of clubs have a loan manager. Yeah. It's usually an ex-player. Um, so it can often depend on relationships between your first team manager at non-league and people at the club yeah for whatever reason and again i can't comment on before we were there but i know it's not been something that there's been a lot of 
for whatever reason, there's just not been a huge relationship between the two clubs. There's no nastiness uh, or anything like that. There's no rivalry, definitely. Obviously, yeah, we're a much smaller club. It's just one of them that, I, for whatever reason, it didn't build at the time, you know. Yeah. Which, of course, would be open maybe, to do uh, Maybe a call from yourself to uh, Rob Williams, the academy manager, perhaps. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, again, um, we only started looking after Warsaw last season with the security. So I'll start yeah. tapping up. So I'll be a bit of a discount here. If you can tell I, me that, hey, that's, that's the, that's I'm, the pretty, I'm pretty sure we're not allowed to do that, actually. So, so I won't do that just in case I get in a lot of trouble. And yeah, no, um, yeah, you know, it's all about building relationships. And that's right. Yeah. I think we, we're lucky, really, to have so many big clubs around us. I mean, we, we've had lone players off Vale, off Stoke, Albion, Wolves, Blues. I don't think we've had one off Villa. Um, this is over the last three years, so yeah. we've been lucky. You know, I mean, I, we had a goalkeeper last season from Notts County, Tien and Brooks, who's now just been called up to the Republic of Ireland under 21s. Yeah, that lad is he's a special keeper, and he will. He's one he's, you know, when you look at somebody, you go, You're going to be a professional for when you're going to do well. He's he's yeah. absolute quality, but well, so we have been lucky with loans. The difficulty is it's getting the balance right, and it's what the manager wants at the time. Yeah. If you've got a manager, he, if he's looking around his dressing room and he needs somebody, but he needs a bit of experience, you ain't going to get that in a loan. Yeah. But equally, you can look around your dressing room sometimes and go, it's November, the pitches are heavy and we look a bit leggy. We could do with a bit of, a bit of freshness and that's where you do look yeah. at you know, young players. So for me, I'm not getting involved really on the, the playing side. I haven't got the time, the ability or anything else. I'm letting um, Danny get on with it and just... Yeah. He cracks on. I trust the lad. He, he's... He's entered through and through, so you know what I mean. He's just yeah. cracking on a bit, but yeah, it'd be great if we could loan some players off Warsaw. So yeah, if uh, if Warsaw, well, yeah, if, if, if Warsaw management are involved, give me a shout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to direct line to Matt Sadler, but um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I think it's, it's something that we we local clubs should be uh, sort of working together, shouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. I think non-league football clubs rely on. Um, Big clubs at the moment. One of the, the uh, headaches we've got, um, obviously, we're trying to set up a pre season. We're sort of six weeks behind everyone else, so we're trying to set up a pre season in a week. Yeah, <laughs> and um, home gates are vital in pre season for you because they make you a couple of quid, yeah, and that helps you through you know the, the months where, especially at non league, you can have games called off left, right, and center. Yeah, and we're struggling a little bit at the moment to get a couple of home games against bigger clubs. Purely because they've already, and it's not their fault, it's because they've settled their pre-seasons. That's right, yeah. Um, we're, we're sort of working with a couple to try and get things done. But again, and I'll put this out there, if you know any sort of football league clubs can rustle together a team to come down to Keys Park, you're more than welcome. Because it's, it is yeah, massive. Yeah, it'd be nice if Walsall could uh, get a team down for you. And uh... Yeah, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fantastic to have Walsall down there. As Sam, it's weird for me. Um, I'm an Albion fan, but I've got... Obviously, Warsaw I care about because I look after the security. And again, it's it's like every football club. You start going to games, you start caring about how they get on. That's it, and I've yeah. got Hensford as well. So I've got three clubs there where it's, I'm going. I want everybody to win every week, but it'd still be nice <laughs> and friendly if we could uh, we could do that. And uh, if we ever if we ever manage to win the FA Cup, I don't think I'd feel quite the same. But yeah. Um, yeah, you know, of course we'd love we'd love to have Warsaw down there. Jesus, it, uh, they're a massive club for, uh, in the Midlands. We're lucky in the Midlands. We don't realise how blessed we are to have Wolves, Albion, Villa, Blues, Warsaw, yeah. all on our doorstep. And you, you really don't like. I live, I live out in Spain, and you've got two, don't be wrong, two or three big clubs: Villarreal, Valencia, Elche, Heracles. Yeah. 
But they're all still, like, I'm in the middle. They're all still an hour and a half away from me, whichever way I go. You know, in the Midlands, we're, we're no more than about 20 minutes away from a, a proper, good, quality football club, which, you know, I think it's fantastic. And then we're blessed with a lot of, we're, again, to go on there, we're blessed with some great non-league clubs. Kiddy, Telford, um, Rushall, Stourbridge. Yeah. All the, you know, there's some really, really good clubs. And there's us as well, of course. Who, you know, the club's great. I'm still learning, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we are, we are lucky, really, in the Midlands. So it's, it's, hopefully we can get we can get something sorted. Okay, nice one. Aidan, thanks very much for coming on. Um, the mantra on our channel, you'll be very familiar with now, the oh. joy and the pain. Yeah, <laughs> I think as uh, you've you've definitely uh, definitely experienced that. What we've uh, yeah. been great to listen to you, mate. That's been uh, really good. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate and, uh, it, man. Wish you all the best, and uh, hopefully we get some Warsaw players down there at some point. That's hope so. That's hope so. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Cheers, boys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.